0: I want you to turn in your Bibles with me to uh, to the seventh chapter of of uh, Daniel, Daniel 7, chapter seven. And uh, I'm going to begin here by sort of leaving off where we left off last week. And what I have done here in the last, uh, particularly last week and the week before, is trying to show you that the Bible speaks about the Antichrist coming out of the fourth image the fourth beast. And we talked about how that first of all God showed uh Daniel through Nebuchadnezzar what is known as the time of the Gentile. We talked to you about that. I'm gonna put this chart up here again. It's a timeline chart. Let me get the focus here for us. And uh all right. And let's zoom in here. We can get a little closer on it. This is uh, this is a timeline chart, and it's very simple. Most of you are familiar with it. This is the Old Testament. This is Adam, the first man, and then it goes to Calvary. This is a period of four thousand years all total. Uh, Abraham was in the middle here, and he was the first Jew. From here back, there's all Gentiles, and here over, there's Jews and Gentiles that existed. Moses was about 1,500 years before Christ. And uh, along about 600 years before Christ, uh, Israel, because of her sins, was captured by the Babylonians. God allowed it to happen. They were taken into captivity, which included people like Daniel, Shadrach, Sheikah, Meshach, Abednego—the three—that's called the three Hebrew children, though they were not children. They were, they were men. They were cast into the lake of, they were cast into the fire, and God did not allow it to burn them. Daniel was also cast into the lion's den at one time. But in, in overall, these men were highly regarded and respected by these Gentile kings, and started out with Nebuchadnezzar. Finally, then it became. Uh, his son, and then another son, then another son, then a grandson by the name of Belshazzar. And uh, these men ruled until they were captured by a second. This whole period of time here is called the time of the Gentiles. This is Calvary, and then the church age we know to be right now around 2,000 years old. And we know that it's time for the coming of the Lord. And so the, the rapture is the next major event to take place. We have it marked here simply because we know that it's coming, but we don't know when. No, one, no man knows the day nor the hour. Following the rapture is the tribulation period. Now, this is a period here of, say, a thousand years, but this tribulation period has only appeared about ten years. So it's really out of focus here as far as size uh, on this chart simply because we put a lot of emphasis on it, and this is what the book of Revelation is, is so much about. At the end of the tribulation period, there is a what is called Armageddon. You see the word up here, and it refers to the Lord coming back with his church. He comes back here for his church. The Lord never touches the earth. He comes in the clouds of glory. We rise to meet him in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. We go up to meet him here. The Lord never comes to the earth. But then after, at the end of this tribulation period, a time of judgment that comes upon the earth. And many things that will happen. Then the Lord comes back with His saints. The Bible says He will come with ten thousands of His saints, and this is all recorded in Revelation chapter 19, and also many other places in the Bible that it speaks of as well. And uh, it, it will all happen here at this point. At that time, at that time, uh, the uh, time of the Gentiles will have finished. And the end of this period of time, this period of time here, this time of the Gentiles, at the end of this period of time, uh, the Lord will establish Israel. And at the very end of this this Gentile period of time, there's going to be the rise and the fall of the Antichrist. And the Bible talks a lot about that because that's what this all comes down to at the very end. Uh, this uh, period of time here, as we know from both uh from both um, uh, Luke 21 and also uh, from uh, from Romans 11. It's called, it's called the time of the Gentiles. So I want to talk to you a little bit about this period of time involved here and how that the Lord has chosen then for this Antichrist to come at the very end and deal with a subject today that I've not talked to you about yet. And that is that when the Antichrist comes he is going to persecute the saints you say the saints who are the saints i thought the saints were all raptured in the church here the church is raptured here but during the tribulation period god is going to turn back to israel and they will become the saints of god as a nation or as a people and all that is of israel is not israel the word israel means prince of god jacob's name was changed from jacob to israel jacob means supplanter or deceiver, or schemer, or uh, whatever you want to call him, a rascal, you know, that's the name Jacob. God changed his name from Jacob to to Israel because Israel means a prince with God. So the Bible says that sometime he refers to some of the uh, descendants of uh, some Jews, he called them, uh, he called them sons of Jacob. Well, we all know what he means by that in the scriptures I'm talking about. It means they were just really not where they should be with God, but they were Jews. Then he refers to others, all that is of Israel is not Israel. In other words, if they are of Israel, that's born of him, they're not necessarily sons of God. You understand what I'm saying here? So these are situations and conditions that will prevail. But in the end, God will have a people out of Israel. And I'm going to show you that by the help of the Lord here today. Because it begins to deal with it. The first place in the Bible that the Antichrist is mentioned is in chapter 7. And it is it is the place where he talks about the four beasts that come up out of the sea. Daniel had a vision in the first year of Belshazzar King, this is Daniel seven one. There were four beasts that came up out of the sea. I've already talked to you about it. One looked like a lion, one looked like a bear, one looked like a leopard. And then it says that there was a fourth beast that was dreadful. Verse seven I'm reading here, seven seven. After this, in the night vision, and behold, a fourth beast, dreadful and terrible and strong, exceedingly, and it had great iron, uh, had, it had iron and had and break in pieces, and it stand stamped with the residue of it, and it was diverse from all the beasts that were poured, and it had ten horns, ten horns. And those, those sort of coincide with that image that he saw of the man standing, the head of gold, breast, breast and arms of silver, belly and thighs of brass, uh, and then finally legs of iron and then the feet and the toes, the ten toes on the feet and so forth and sort of line it with the ten horns here. Now look at verse 8. This is the first place, 7-8, that the Antichrist is mentioned in the Bible. I consider the horns and behold, there came up among them another little horn. Notice the word little horn if you've got your Bible underline it. This is the first place that the Antichrist is mentioned, the little horn before whom there were three of the first horns plucked up by the roots. And behold, in this horn were eyes like the eyes of a man, and a mouth speaking great things. And it goes on to talk more about him. Daniel, of course, wanted to know what all this meant. Look at verse 19. I'm saving time here by sort of jumping ahead and getting to the points. He said, then I would know the truth. This is 719. I would know the truth of the fourth beast going to verse 20 very quickly and of the ten horns that were in his head and of the other that's that little horn which came up and before whom three fell even that horn that had eyes and a mouth that spake very great things whose look was more stout than his fellows I beheld and the same horn made war with the saints and prevailed against them notice that now, this is what I want to talk to you about here today. Who were these saints? Where do they come from? So forth. Look at verse 25. And he spake, shall speak great words against the Most High and wear out the saints of the Most High and think to change times and laws and they shall be given into his hand until a time and times and the dividing of a time. And I've mentioned to you before that this time is one year. Times, plural, is two years. And dividing of a time is three and a half years. You will find this phrase used four times in the book of Daniel from starting at this point and also right on up through the end of Daniel. And also four times in the book of Revelation, uh, this phrase is either time, times, or half time, or it's 42 months, which is again three and a half years or it's 1265 days or something like that which again is three years three and a half years always three and a half years even mentioned in days or in months or as a period as times and so forth so i'm just pointing this out to you this is all brought out in the seventh chapter and the thing about the seventh chapter is it comes out of the fourth beast which is the roman empire and the end of the roman empire and that's rome extended right on down to the end time that we're in today I won't get into all the details about how the Rome extends itself. But then when you get in chapter 8, this is an interesting chapter. If you look in chapter 8 very quickly, Daniel, I'm just sort of reviewing here what we've already looked at. If you'll look at uh, verse 20, uh, there is a chapter 8 describes a vision that uh, Daniel had, another vision, which would happen actually about three years later in which he saw two animals fighting, and they were a ram and they were a he-goat. The ram had two horns, and uh, the he-goat uh, hit that ram and killed it. had one horn in the middle and one major horn. They call it a notable horn in the middle. It hit the ram, killed it, and overcame the ram. The, the ram destroyed the ram and so forth. Now, it gives the definition of the ram in this uh, 20th verse here of chapter 8. The ram which thou sawest having two horns are the kings of Media and Persia. So Media Persia was that second empire. The Media Persians conquered the Babylonians. And then later, this is all history. And then later that happened uh, 538, I think it was. It was not thinking it was, 538 BC. And then the uh, the second one here goes on to say here, verse 20, the ram which thou sawest uh, having two horns or the kings of the media Persian in verse 21 and the rough goat is the king of Grecia, and the great horn that is between his eyes is the first king and the rough goat here is, is Greece and Greece conquered the media Persian empire in 330 BC 330 BC about 200 years later and uh, then it says that, and the great horn that was between his eyes now uh, this was Alexander the Great who led the Grecian empire into all of the world, conquer the then-known world. Most of you are familiar with that with history. Jumping back to verse 9 here in chapter 8 for just a moment. Stay with me on this. Chapter 8, verse 9, And out of one of them came forth a little horn. Let me read verse 8 so we can tie it all together. Verse 8, Therefore the he-goat waxed very great, and when he was strong, the great horn was broken. That is, Alexander the Great died. He conquered, he conquered in, uh, in, uh, 330, uh, B.C., he conquered the media Persian Empire, and in 323, Alexander the Great died. He died just seven years after he'd conquered the world. He was only 33 years old when he died. And, uh, I've got medical books on how he possibly could have died, and that's, in, that's immaterial, but nevertheless, uh, he died, and it goes on to say here, and, uh, verse 8 and for it came up four notable ones or horns toward the four winds of heaven so his kingdom was in four parts and out of one of them came forth a little horn so you've got the little horn now coming out of one of these this is why this is so important and we've been talking about it because i've talked to you about what were these four parts that happened to him and uh And it goes on to say here in verse 10, I'll read this and then I'll show you something on the map. And it waxed great even to the hosts of heaven and it cast down some of the hosts and of the stars to the ground and stamped upon them. And uh, it goes on to say he magnified himself and so forth. So this is the little horn that's written here of chapter 8. And uh, this also will happen at the end time. Now why do you have the little horn or the antichrist coming out of chapter 7? now the Roman Empire, and then you have the little horn or the Antichrist in chapter 8 coming out of the Grecian Empire. There are two different empires. This location is the same. In other words, these empires may have fallen, but the nations existed. That's why I said that the image lasted until the very end, and it was hit by stone, and then they all shattered together. So as empires, they lost their ability, their power as empires, but the nations continue to exist. And so I'm gonna show you here some things that, on, on the map, uh, this is, let me show you this map here, and then I'll show you another one here right quickly. Right this, uh, this is a map of the sort of the Middle East, and uh, you could recognize Italy by the boot, sort of gives you a perspective. This is Greece. Macedonia is just north of here. This area right in here represents, this where Turkey is today. Uh, this, is, it's Saudi Arabia all down in here. And uh, this is the land, this is the Tigris River, the Euphrates River, this is the beginning of all civilization right in here. And Ur right down here where Abraham was from. This is Palestine here, or Israel as we know it today. Now, Egypt is right here. And Syria is just north of Palestine, right in here. And Syria is this area right in here. And then this is Iran over here that we know today. Back then it was called Persia. And the Media Persian Empire, the Medes are up here in the northern part, and Persia was all down in here. So together they were the Media Persian Empire. And uh, they had conquered all of this area here, all of it, crossing through here and they had come over here and they had assaulted the greeks and tried to overtake the greeks never could finally alexander the great rose to power and he went from greece and went down here and conquered everything along the way and finally defeated them and then whenever he had defeated all of it and conquered the whole then known world he died and his kingdom was broken up into four parts now i've got a little homemade thing i put together here so you can understand this is how he was broken up into four parts. The four, four generals took over his empire. This is showing you the same thing. Here's Italy again right here. If you could uh, see the boot here, I got it somewhat hidden away here with this tape. This is Greece and Macedonia where I've got the one. This is Turkey right here where you see number two. And then this is three here is Assyria is, is here and then it goes all the way across to uh, Persia. And this was all one empire under that second, uh, that third uh, general. These are broken up by four generals. Ant- Antigonus was the one that took the first one up here, which was, uh, I mean, Antigonus took the uh, Turkey, and then uh, Antipatris was the Macedonian Greece, and then Ptolemy took Egypt down here, the Ptolemy empire. And then this was Seleucius. Seleucus was the general who took, I mean, I'm sorry, the the media Persian Empire here. And uh, he had it all the way across here. This is why it is interesting to note that even today that Iran and Syria are still very much locked together. Not together physically because in between them is Iraq. But they do have the same type of beliefs about things and they support each other. I, I uh Uh, Iran and Syria do support each other and they sort of stand behind each other on things. And this is what's really interesting because at one time when this empire was first broken apart, they were together as one empire. This is right here where this area is, is Palestine. And this is where Jerusalem and Palestine is. And what happened was that the, the Bible doesn't speak about these two empires no more, but it talks about these two and out of one of these, came forth, a persecutor of the Son of God or the people of God. And in history, they warred back and forth, back and forth each other. And the Holy Land here was the battleground almost all the time, Palestine, back and forth. Sometimes they would march in there and they would romp on on Israel and then they would flee back and back and forth. And the entire 11th chapter of the book of Daniel is very interesting because it's about these kings fighting they were this one was called the king of the north which was Syria and the king of the south is the one in Egypt and for I think is in the 11th chapter alone the word king of the south is mentioned nine times and the, the phrase king of the north is mentioned seven times and it talks about them war and back and forth and back and forth and back and forth and it keeps saying along the way and at the end time shall all this be. At the end time this shall be. And the end time this shall be. And it refers to that end time factor. Now I, I want to show you something here. I'm still here in the 8th chapter. I'm moving chapter 11 for just a moment here. But uh, I want you to look at 8.15 with me. This is where Daniel was trying to understand. Who was this little horn here that's in chapter 8? Verse 15. And it came to pass when I, even I, Daniel, had seen the vision and sought for the meaning then, behold, there stood before me the appearance of a man, and I heard a man's voice between the banks of the eulah, which was the river he was at, which called and said, Gabriel, make this man to understand the vision. Gabriel is the one who brought him the understanding of it. He was the angel. Gabriel is the message messenger angel. He is used in the, in the word of God often. Verse 17, so he came near where I stood, and when he came, I was afraid and fell upon my face, but he said unto me, Understand, O son of man, For at the time of the end shall be the vision. At the end. That's the end of this period of time of indignation. In fact, that's brought out in verse 19. And he said, Behold, I will make thee know what shall be in the last end of the indignation. For at the time appointed, the end shall be. The indignation is that where Israel is, uh, if I could get back to this where Israel's is subject to Gentile powers here. this that red line here, from here to here. This is that period of indignation. And uh, Israel is subject. They're not the great nation that God told Abraham, one day I'll make you a great, mighty nation, and so forth. It has not yet happened, completed. And so he talks about the indignation. If we were to go over to Daniel chapter 11 very quickly, uh, and we were to read the 36th verse. is talking about this little horn again. And it's talking about, and it. it's called the King of the South here. And the King shall, or the King of the North rather, and the King shall do according to his will, and he shall exalt himself and magnify himself above every God, and shall speak marvelous things against the God of gods. Notice the word God is capital letter. That refers to uh, Jehovah God when it's capital letters it refers to jehovah god and it's translated from elohim elohim is the hebrew word for the god of israel which is the uh, the great i am or jehovah however you want to say it the yahweh same and anyhow the god of the gods gods is a little g meaning it can be idols and so forth and it says so, so he shall speak marvelous things against the god of god that is the elohim the god of israel and shall prosper till the indignation be accomplished. So the indignation is this period of time that I'm telling you about here. He's gonna prosper until the very end of that. And so this is a scripture here telling us about it and goes on to talk more about him. We'll talk more about that in a few moments. So when it speaks about this indignation of time here, uh, it's, he's speaking of it here in verse three, and in, I mean, chapter eight, rather, and in down in verse, uh, 10 now I'm going to read verse 20 read this again the ram which thou sawest two horns the king's media Persian, the rough goat is the king of Grisha and the great horn that is between his eyes is the first king now that being broken where four stood up for it four kingdoms shall stand up out of the nation but not in his power and that's what we had shown you here with this with this map and so forth uh but not in his power. I'm going to verse 23. And in the latter time of their kingdom, when the translators were come to the full, a king of fierce countenance and understanding dark sentences shall stand up. This is speaking of the Antichrist now. And his power shall be mighty, but not by his own power. And if we were to go to Revelation chapter 13, verse 2, we find out that it is the powers of Satan that give the Antichrist his power. And I won't go into that right now. But his power shall be mighty, verse 24, but not by his own power he shall destroy. Wonderfully or amazingly or uh, just awesomely he'll destroy. And shall prosper and practice and shall destroy the mighty and the holy people. All right, so we're talking about the Antichrist coming against the people of God. And you say, Brother Myers, if the rapture's already happened, then what people are this? Let me finish reading this, and then I'm going to get into that with you. And it goes on to say, uh, and, uh, and by peace shall destroy many. He shall also stand up against the prince of, Pieces, the prince of princes, but he shall be broken without hand. And the vision of the evening and the morning which, was told, which is told is true. Therefore shut thou up the vision for it shall be for many days. And then later on when Daniel has a vision and has understanding of these things. Again the angel Gabriel appears unto him and tells him that uh, he said in the latter days Daniel this is going to be. And I'm just jumping over here to save time in Daniel chapter 11. So when you go to Daniel chapter 11 and verse 36, this is describing the Antichrist. Everybody stay with me here. And uh, like I said, we had taken time to go through chapter 11. You don't want to hear all of this, the entire chapter 11. And that is that it would talk about the king of the north, king of the fight, south fighting, until the king of the north then supersedes. And it goes on to say, verse 36, And the king, that is king of the north, shall do according to his will. He shall exalt himself, magnify himself above every god. And I mentioned to you here, uh, and shall do, speak marvelous things against the God of gods, that's God of heaven, and shall prosper till the indignation be accomplished, and for that the determination be done. And then it goes on to say, like in verse 40 of that uh, 11th chapter, and at the time of the end shall the king of the south push at him, and the king of the north shall come against him like a whirlwind with chariots and horsemen and so forth. It goes on to describe. And then it goes on to say, verse four, he shall enter also into the glorious land and many countries shall be overthrown. And it goes on to talk about that. Finally, down in verse 45, look at this closely. And he shall plant the tabernacles of his palace between the seas in the glorious holy mountain. Now, the tabernacle between the seas, between the seas is between the Mediterranean and the Dead Sea, that's Jerusalem. He shall plant his tabernacle between the seas this is what uh, Paul was talking about over in the book of Second Thessalonians chapter 2. Look in Second Thessalonians chapter 2 with me for a moment. And verse 3, this is what Paul was talking about. Daniel called him, uh, he called him the beast and uh, he called him the little horn. Uh, Paul refers to the Antichrist as the son of perdition. He also refers to him as... as uh, as the wicked one so forth look at verse three here with me two three let no man deceive you by any means for that day shall not come except there come a falling away first which has already happened and that man of sin be revealed which has not yet happened that man of sin that's the antichrist the son of perdition who opposeth and exalteth himself above all that is called god or that is worship so that he as God, look at this closely, sitteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. So what will happen in the tribulation period, <coughs> excuse me, in the tribulation period, is there is going to be the reestablishment of the temple in Jerusalem. And this is going to come about by a compromise between the Arab world in the Jewish world, the Jews want the temple built. I've got, I've got all kinds of material on their desire to build a temple. The Jews have everything in place to build that temple and they desperately want to build it. And uh, they, call it, they call it the temple, the temple movement and so forth. They got the gold, they got the silver, they got the I don't know whether you knew it or not, but years ago, there's the price of gold went sky high. and uh, it just went, just, went, just went out of reach and uh then it sort of settled back down and level out again what happened is that the jewish people were buying up that gold when it came available when you know when they, in other words they had a so they had a thing where you couldn't buy gold for a long time they was kept in store places and then you could buy gold and then they started buying up gold so the jewish people have the gold and they're able to make what is going to be in the temple out of gold out of silver and out of all these kind of things they even have the heifers ready to be offered for sacrifices in order to cleanse the altar for them to offer the sacrifices. That's fulfilling scripture. Uh, this is a very amazing thing. I was with a group of our ministers in Washington, D.C. here several years ago, and uh, we were all presbyters from different districts in Florida, about 300 of us. And uh, they had, we spoke to the ambassador to the U.S. from Israel, and one of the men said to him, when is the temple going to be built? And boy, I tell you what, it was like throwing water in his face. He looked at us and blinked in our eyes, and he says, you know about that. And he said, we said, yes, we've studied that. We know about it. He said, well, there is definitely a movement in Israel to rebuild that temple. It is. When it's going to be, we don't know yet. But he said a lot of things are in place for it. And we heard that from, it was, I don't think he was, he was the assistant to the ambassador, not the ambassador himself. But anyhow, it was a very interesting conversation that we had. And he was very surprised that we, were even, we even knew that much about it. So I'm just trying to tell you here, folks, that we're coming down close to the end times. Some of these things are beginning to develop and shaping up. The reason is because that Israel wants to build a temple, but before it's all over with, the Antichrist is going to take it over. Now, let me, uh, let me talk to you a little bit. I'm going to go to the book of Revelation here in a moment. But let me talk to you for a few moments here God is going to restore Israel and uh, he's going to restore them to their proper place. The things that will make the Antichrist uh, acceptable in the world. And you notice he's called the little horn. He's called the little horn because he will rise insignificantly, insignificantly. He'll be just like a nobody who rises to power. You would even suspect he keeps growing and growing until he rises in power and he becomes very powerful. And uh, the Bible goes on to describe him greatly here in other places of the scriptures. I'll go back to Daniel 12 here in just a moment. But uh, there are certain things that will cause... The the Jewish people will think the Antichrist is their Messiah. They are still looking for the Messiah to come. The Muslim people will think that he is the, the Mahdi. How many of you are very familiar with the term the Mahdi? All right, several of you are. The word Mahdi is a term used for what's called the 12th Imam. The 12th Imam is the, the Imam is the head of the Shiite branch of the Muslims. Most of them are in, are in, are in Iran. And they're, they're still all over the Middle East, but the majority of them are in Iran. And there's a group of them that's called the, 12, the 12ers, the 12ers uh, of the Shiite group. And they believe in the imam. Now what the imam is, was that the imam is the caliphate, is the caliph of the caliphate. (laughs) The caliphate is the domain of of the Muslim world. The caliph is the head of that domain. And they believe that the imam uh, who was supposed to have been the the caliph of this this Muslim world was a young man and his father was being attacked by another guy who said that he was the, the caliph and they had a little war between them so in order to protect his son and his son to become the next head of the muslim world he sent him away in the hands of four men four men who were their handlers and these handlers took him way off they don't know where it is someplace up in the mountains and they stay he said stay with them and when this war is all over with no matter what happens to me the old man said He said, then bring him down and proclaim him then to be the next Imam. Well, the war went on and on. The old man was finally killed. The other side really outdid him and they became sort of the head. And so one by one, these four men all passed away. They kept this young man uh, hidden away. The fourth one finally, fourth one comes out of hiding and he says to all the world that will listen to him then, he says the, the 12th imam, which is this young man, this was a 932, I think it was, the 12th imam is going to stay in hiding. He's still living, and I'm the last one, and he's going to stay in hiding until, until everything is in chaos, and then he's going to come back, and he's going to present himself, and he's going to conquer the world. And everybody clapped their hands, and they loved the story and so forth like that. Then he died. The, the, that old man died. Everything. so the 12th imam is hidden in the mountains someplace and he's called the mahdi so when you hear the muslim world talk about the mahdi that's who the mahdi is they think this guy has been alive since 900 and he's still alive someplace and he's just waiting for his time they say that he will come forth when the world is really in chaos upside down whenever it was all trouble going on he will come forth and bring it all together again now Whenever this trouble begins to happen in the the tribulation period and the Antichrist comes forth, the Muslims are going to accept him as the Mahdi. And they're going to say, This is the Mahdi, he's come forth now. And and he's going to bring peace to all of the nations together. Israel Israel will say, Excuse me, this is Messiah that has come. He's brought peace. And then you've got backslidden Christians, if I can call them that, people that didn't go in the rapture in the tribulation period and everything. They're going to say, oh, this must be Christ come back again. So by all of these, this, this Antichrist is going to be able to bring the world all together. And he's going to actually bring peace. And he will do this and work on this for three and a half years. And for three and a half years, he will work to bring all this together. And then the next three and a half years, he's going to rule with an iron hand because in the midst of that seven, last seven-year period called the indignation period, in the last seven years of that, he is going to break his covenant with the Jews, and the Jews are going to say, You're not the, the Messiah. You are the, the one that's spoken of in the book of Daniel. And they're going to turn against him. He's going to turn against them, and he's going to try to annihilate the Jews. This is what that war is going to be all about. It's going to fight. And he'll fight with the Jews, and they'll fight with him. They will be the saints of God. This is spoken of and talked about. Uh, let me show you something. I'm going to look in Daniel. Uh, I want you to look at Daniel chapter 11 with me for just a moment here. Am I making sense to anybody? Is everybody still with me? <laughs> OK. All right. How much time have I got left? Okay, I got about five minutes. Look at uh, I want in chapter 11 here, and it says in verse 45, "He shall plant the tabernacle of his palace." This is 1145, talking about the Antichrist. He shall plant the tabernacle of his palace between the seas and the glorious holy mountain. Yet he shall come to his end, none shall be able to help him. Look at chapter 12, verse 1. This picks up. There, you know, in the original writings of the Bible, there was no chapters and verses. It was just regular flow of words and sentences. <clears throat> and verse 12, chapter 12, verse 1, And at that time shall Michael stand up, the great prince, which standeth for the children of thy people and there shall be a time of trouble such as never was since there was a nation upon even to that same time and at that time thy people shall be delivered every one that should be found written in the book and uh, so it goes on to talk about here at, at verse 4 it says at the time of the end so we know that all of this is all programmed to be at the time of the end and the uh, book of Thessalonians Paul talked about it. He said he's going to sit in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. I'm reading here in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 7. For the mystery of iniquity doth already work. Only he who now let it will let until he be taken out of the way. And then shall that wicked, the word wicked is capital letters, meaning wicked one or wicked person. Then shall that wicked one be revealed, whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming. Even him whose coming is after the working of Satan with all power and signs and lying wonders. In other words, talking about the Antichrist that's coming, tying this in with Daniel. Look at verse 10 and 11 with me here for a moment. And with all deceivableness of, of unrighteousness in them that perish, because they receive not the love of the truth that they might be saved. Let me just say one thing to us, and I know the Antichrist is not our era of time here but we have to be ready for the rapture. If you miss the rapture, you're going to go into tribulation and it is, it is going to be the time of the Antichrist. Let me just say this to us. Love the truth, folks. Notice that scripture here. All deceivements, unrighteousness in them that perish because they received not the love of the truth that they might be saved. Love the truth. I mean, repentance. Thank God for Repentance that repentance is caused by our grace of God making us feel our need to repent. So repent. Be baptized in Jesus' name. Praise the Lord. Be filled with his spirit. Thank God for the truth of God. Thank God for holiness. Thank God for holiness. Don't despise holiness, you know, how we should dress, how we should look, how we should act, how we should conduct ourselves. Places we should go, places we should not go. All those things that's involved in holiness. It goes on to say here in verse 11, And for this cause God shall send them strong delusions, these people that did not love the truth, that they should believe a lie, and that they all might be damned who believe not the truth, but had pleasure in righteousness. So I say to all of you here today who are God's people, and if you don't know the Lord fully, let me just say this, you wouldn't be here if you didn't have some loving for God in your heart you have a reason for being it because there's something in your heart that's called you love God but find God get all that God has for you let him fill you full and running over be baptized in his name be filled with the Spirit praise the Lord and God will be good to us and all now I'm gonna go very quickly here uh, to the book of Revelation and uh, you, I showed you there where Michael will fight with the angels let me go to to Revelation chapter 12 verse 7 there was war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, and the dragon fought with his angels, and prevailed not. Neither was their place found any more in heaven. And the great dragon was cast out. That old serpent called the devil and Satan, which deceived the whole world, he was cast out into the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. And so the the uh, there's going to be a fight between Michael, who is the The fighting angel and also the angel of God's people there. And finally, in chapter 11, this is where God turns back to Israel and turns Israel back to him. Look at chapter 11, verse 1. And there was given me a reed like unto a rod, and the angel stood, Rise and and measure the temple of God and the altar, and them that worship therein. But the court which is without the temple, leave out and measure it not, for it's given unto the Gentiles. Don't measure that one. He's talking about the temple and them that worship therein. Leave out the Gentiles, no more Gentiles saved here. The church has been raptured away. The Gentiles, are the church is made up of Gentiles and Jews, mostly Gentiles, they've been raptured away. Now, uh, there's a few Gentiles that give their life uh, in the seventh chapter of the book, the sixth and seventh chapter of the book of Revelation. And then here in the 11th chapter, no more Gentiles are saved, God turns back to Israel and he's going to restore them to the point that I can show you all kinds of verses in scripture and I'm going to show you all that next week. We're going to talk about the restoration of Israel. But here it says, leave it, leave out for leave, uh, leave out and measure it not for it is given unto the Gentiles and the holy city shall they tread underfoot foot forty and two months. Here again is the three and a half years we're talking about here. And I will give power unto my two witnesses and they shall prophesy a thousand two hundred and threescore days again three and a half years so i want you to get the picture here that this is all tying in with daniel so these two prophets are coming back who are the prophets? look at verse six these have power to shut the heavens that it rain not in the days of their prophecy like elijah and have power over the waters to turn them to blood like moses and to smite the earth with all plagues like moses as often as they will and when they shall have finished their, this is Moses and Elijah who will come back. These were the two that were with Jesus on the Mount of Transfiguration whenever Peter, James, and John were there with him. And when they were, shall have finished their testimony. Their testimony is that you Jews, Jesus was your Messiah. He was your Messiah. And that's going to be their testimony. And they'll listen to Elijah and they'll listen to Moses when they know who they are. And they'll know who they are by the plagues that they will be able to perform. And it goes on to say here, when they shall have finished their testimony, the beast that ascended out of the bottomless pit shall make war against them and shall overcome them and kill them. And then I'm jumping to verse 11 very quickly. And after three days and a half, the spirit of the life from God entered into them and they stood upon their feet and great fear fell upon all them which saw them. And they heard a great voice from heaven saying unto them, come up hither. And they ascended up to heaven in a cloud and their enemies beheld them and so from this time on god has a people on the earth and these are the ones that the antichrist would try to destroy now chapters 12 and chapters 13 in revelation is all about the lord is all about brother, the antichrist trying to destroy this group of people that's mentioned over in the book of daniel who are god's people are the saints of god right on up until the lord comes back at armageddon with his church he'll come back with ten thousand of his saints folks Aren't you glad for God's great grace for us? I'm going to show you next week how that Israel is going to be re- reestablished by the Lord. I'm going to give you scriptures on that show you verses on it. And I'm also going to you know, show you how that the Lord will give them the spirit of grace so that they can believe and they will believe Jesus was our Messiah and how they will react to that. I'm not, we've got verses of scripture to offer. That's all in the Bible. And uh, God's love for his people and for those that will come unto him god loves us all and he we are saved by grace and that through faith but our faith is our response to his grace we've got to respond to it god you loved us i thank you for it i praise you i worship you for it i glorify your name hallelujah and once we get saved keep on praising him till jesus comes amen one of these days we'll hear the trumpet sound Let's all stand together and let's lift our hands and worship God. Magnify his name. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. God, we praise you. We worship you. We love you, God. We glorify the name of the Lord. You're great and greatly to be praised, God. Bless each and every one of us here today. Bless all of our classes and bless all of our services here this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.